0: Well, top of the morning to you. Uh, this is our Tuesday key market drivers call for I think it's May 2nd, is it? I it, believe is it is May 2nd. Uh, there's our contact info. We'd love to hear from you. Let's just get after it here this morning. I can get the slides to move. There we go. Well, we had a sell week. Um, I, I really think as we get into this today, uh, that's always the cool thing about kind of this time of the year, the planting and growing season. On the one hand, it can be volatile because Mother Nature can get cranky from time to time. But on the other hand, it's usually pretty easy to see and figure out what's driving markets. And I think it's really that top bullet. Um, we talked a week ago about planting weather that was not horrible. It was early, but maybe a little bit problematic. Uh, and Mother Nature has kind of given way here with, yes, we had that little bit of a cool snap. But now we're warming right back up, as Paige is going to show you. So. Um, I think that's really probably the bigger part of this. And, and we've been talking about for really months now about. Uh, really, as we got close to that planning intentions report, we started looking at the Outlook conference numbers, uh, balance sheets for next year. Uh, Bill has pointed this out to us on numerous occasions that, you know, if we do get 92 million acres of corn planted uh, and if we make trend line yields or even close to trend line yields on corn, we are probably going to be somewhere between having more than enough corn and being buried in this stuff now maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration but we've also been saying from a timing standpoint that the market is not you're not going to see people flee for the exits until you have several things happen you have a brazilian crop made which Paige will talk a little bit about that here in a bit when we get to the brazilian weather but we're getting pretty close to that spot here as the calendar rolls over to may being pretty comfortable we got a big crop down there and the u.s crop is made well we haven't even got the u.s crop planted yet but things are breaking pretty good and i think maybe what we're seeing is just a few people start filing for the exits here so uh you know if we have a sell mortem or sell sort of uh thing going on i'll show you the specs um but the specs pretty much uh, sold all things ag last week, as I'll show you when I get to the Commitment of Traders report. By the way, the sell Mortimer sell in the little picture on the right-hand side, uh, if you have not watched the movie Trading Places, uh, that needs to be on your, on your list. Uh, I believe it is required viewing in the commodity business, so you might want but- to look into that.
1: So you're saying I should finally watch that?
0: Yes, you need to watch that. (laughs) If I had known you had not watched that, I would not have given you your last pay increase. That should have been part of your your, uh, incentive program here at Moving Parts. So and then the Black Sea Great Initiative. I mean, I'm a little surprised you put that back on there, Scott, I thought we were maybe getting tired of talking about that, but some activity, I guess. Yeah,
2: we had to put it on there. I think, you know, otherwise we would have only had two bullets, so.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, speaking of that, I, you know, the Russian officials, and I don't know that they actually even see, said who, um, I, or either that, or I can't remember, uh, is that now they're saying that really the only way that you could get an extension would be a full implementation of the original deal. And that's the only thing that can save the agreement class past May 18th. And and as uh, as you know, we're only 16 days away, a little, you know, long two weeks away from from that date. What that means is, the, the, basically, the Russians uh, are saying the original deal allowed for full shipment of Russian goods. There, there was no uh, 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 no limitation on Russian grain exports, um, but the Russians say, because of the sanctions and because them being kicked out of the swift banking deal and everything else. It is a
0: de facto limitation. It
2: is a de facto limitation. And so that's their big beef and has been all along. Now, interesting here that read just this morning uh, that Reuters had a, a story out that said that all parties will be sitting down in the same room, presumably at the same table, unarmed. Uh, well, that's a good question, uh, but but uh, they're going to be sitting down tomorrow to kick this thing around. Now, I don't know if that means they're going to arm wrestle or if they're actually going to talk or or what. But that's kind of the latest and greatest on the Black Sea Grain Initiative. Um, I'll say this: this is kind of my own opinion. If it doesn't happen, and somehow or another, they they get it to to uh, to not go further. I do think it's potentially a little bit bullish, but not terribly so. Uh,
0: I think we figured out a way to um, this this last the market this. seems to have kind of figured out how to get by without the yeah, Canadian wheat, doesn't it? Exactly, and so I I think we we probably have a little bit of a bump. Uh, but but
2: then we move on, I think, pretty quickly to uh, worrying about other things.
0: It is the only thing that is, we talked about this a little bit this morning that that kind of sticks out as a, as a bit of a, maybe not a red flag, but a yellow flag for me is that when we get to the CFTC report that the, the spec has got a lot of chips bet on the short side in Chicago wheat. They have got 26, I think, percent of open interest short. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, if you get something that upsets the apple cart, you know, everything else seems to be heading south in a pretty big hurry. Um, you know, if you would if you would uh, get a little bit of bullish information in that wheat market, and you get that spec money running. That's a pretty big pile of chips. That's the only chips. That's the only table in the commodity casino that's really got much action right now, as I'll show you. But yeah. So at any rate. We had a March. Uh, well, first off, Fed meets today. Tomorrow, uh, market's looking for a 25 uh, basis point, quarter percent hike in interest rates. But I think more importantly, the trade's going to be looking and listening to what the Fed says in the press conference about future action. I think we're kind of saying, OK, we got a quarter percent coming at us here, but what are you going to do next? Is there more to come or are you guys about done? Um, <clears throat> don't know that that's got huge commodity implications, so probably don't need to uh, really say much more about that we've also got yesterday we had our march crush report and again and this can kind of be a a highlight after we get nopa two weeks before uh didn't get a lot of information that was a uh, surprising crush about what was expected maybe a little bit more oil stocks uh, a a little bit less than expected and you know i think with the lower than expected oil stocks from the nopa report it does continue to tell us that maybe offtake is a little bit better than we thought but uh, I also think that was turns out to be what was that the the a record crush for the month of March and the second largest monthly crush ever. So we are starting to see some of this new capacity come online. Certainly, uh, crush margins have been conducive enough to run. Now, those are that's changing a little bit, but certainly they were outstanding in March. And then mm-hmm. probably this call will start to highlight this May WASDI uh, that's coming up next week. I think that's a week from Friday. Um, And that will the reason the main is important is we'll get our first official uh, supply demand balance sheet estimates from the USDA. So uh, maybe more on that one next week. Let's just move forward. So we talked about this kind of this whole filing for the exits thing. Um, And I think that's a little bit what we're seeing here. You got corn in the upper left. Uh, pretty sizable declines that September corn futures in the upper left. We've kind of gone from the mid sixes to the lower fives here uh, over the course of, you know, since if you you go back and start measuring kind of mid-late last or mid-early last fall, uh, we just had sizable declines in really all of these major markets. Um, What brings that to an end? I would think that that if you're looking at risks of this thing turning around, uh, you know, Mother Nature has got to be uh, if you look at the top five things that could turn these markets around and turn them bullish um bad growing seed planting and growing season weather would have to be one two three and five on that list i would think um maybe the black sea Grain initiative is in the four hole but this is really getting to be it's that time of the year that a guy that ran our central hedge desk when i was at agp years ago that called this the two two season it's too wet it's too cold it's too hot too dry and. So far, it's not really too much of any of those things. The weather's been pretty good, but I'll let, uh, will will steal pages thunder. After a bit of a respite here with cooling soil temperatures that we showed you last week, we are warming right back up. And this kind of gets the soil temperature thing uh, probably kind of off the radar screen. I think with the weather we're gonna show you, uh, I think this soil temperature thing probably, uh, don't even know if we'll need to update this next week because I think we've got soil temperature is gonna be sufficient to get anything we need to plant anywhere we need to plant it uh, at this point going forward. So this probably falls into the non-issue. Thank you, Mother Nature, for that. And so what are the markets doing? Well, uh, if you notice, you're gonna notice a theme here when we look at prices, if you look at that top line, Uh, corn lost over 4% last week, wheat was down, the whole soy complex was down, palm took a beating last week, uh, it was kind of a sell mortem or sell week. I don't know that anything that we're really watching very close went up uh, last week outside of natural gas, but uh, and maybe coffee. I don't know. But I mean, everything else across the grains and oil seed sector was was pretty soft last week. You can see planting progress there. Uh, as we mentioned a week ago with the cooler temperatures and a little bit of moisture slowing them down, I said we'd probably fall back uh, to the five-year average. That's exactly where we are. We're 26% planted. <laughs> it's a five-year average. I'm going to show you on beans that we're pretty still way ahead on plant bean planting, which is a little bit surprising. But I think when you look at the market, you see in the bullish factors there. I've got, you know, acreage losses, question marks still. Uh, and I think the, 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 with this weather breaking better, I think now we're kind of bringing into question really We're maybe still going to lose a few corn acres, but uh, maybe not much. And hell, maybe we won't lose any at all. Uh, And in the bullish factors, I got not much else because there really isn't a heck of a lot else bullish. Uh, China canceled over a half a million metric tons of U.S. corn last week. I'm going to show you briefly when we get to it, uh, the export picture. And, um, you know, we're going to have to hurry to get to the USDA corn export number. I would say that that is I'm not going to say there's no chance that we get to it with this great big Brazilian crop looming that we'll be harvesting here in another 30 days. probably going to be hard to resurrect the U.S. corn export program at this particular point in time. So that's really where the bearishness is. I mean, weather's improving. We talked about that. Um, When you look at export sales, you got China canceling stuff. And then when you look at all the export, the the corn exports, I was reading one of my wires here last week. When you look at everybody else we sell, sell corn to, uh, it's the second lowest total in at least 20 years. The author of this, I think it was Karen Braun, uh, uh, Karen Braun article. Uh, she only went back 20 years and sh- this was the second lowest in the last two decades on, on export sales to everybody but China. So uh, it's really not a good picture uh, when you get to that. When you look at corn planting and you start looking at the state by state, uh, look at some of these big states, man, Illinois, and I'll show you the same thing on beans. They were after it last week. They're trucking. Uh, I would have thought with the cooler temperatures and the, and the, the swatch of rain that they got uh, early last week, late the week prior, that they would not have got as much done. And uh, they were after it. They got some beans in the ground and they got some corn in the ground last week. Really, most of the big states are kind of uh, 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 in good shape here. You know, North Dakota still hasn't got out of the gate, but, you know, they're normally only 3% planted on corn at this point.
3: Uh, they have to get the uh, they have to get their snow tires off their tractor. Yeah, to...
0: got, yeah, that's an excellent point. They just yeah. get the I, snow off.
2: If you remember I, that that temperature slide, there is still a pretty little little good spot there in North Dakota and yep. in northern South
0: Dakota where it's you know it can't warm up because there's still snow on the ground. Well, yeah, it, I tell you what, next week fixes that when we show you the forecast. Yeah, wouldn't well,
3: It's kind of interesting. Dave Mack and I were kind of joking yesterday, but it's almost like farmers sneak out at night and plant fields because you can drive down the highway and you can see fields and say, oh, they got a lot of work to do. And like that afternoon, you drive down the road and it's like, when the hell do they plant all this stuff? I mean, it is amazing how fast they can get stuff planted. Um, And I think once the calendar hits May 1st, it's just like they don't care what soil temperature is. It's just we're just going to start going. Yeah,
2: I I can remember when I was a kid, you you would not have ever dreamed of planting anything in the dark. And, you know, with the technology they have
0: today and with the lights that they have, GBS and LED and right down the road, they go. Who cares? 24-7, baby. Well, there you go on corn planting. Scott, what is uh, you want to talk to us about what's going on in the wheat market? Uh, Yeah, we're
2: selling like crazy. Um, we were down uh, really pretty hard last week, uh, somewhere between uh, five and six percent across all three markets, um, and most of that was done uh, because of, of we've been talking about the conditions. Now they didn't, um, you know, we went up two percentage points on winter wheat conditions nationally. It's funny. You didn't really see that when you look at the Super 6 on uh, soft red or hard red. They both actually went down uh, week over week. Um, now, I, I think that when you throw everything together and when you you add it all up, uh, you still do get to the spot where you're plus 2% on the week. That's what the market sees. That's what they're really most of the marketplaces is, is keying on those national numbers. Um, and we were looking at nice forecasts all along every day last week, and so that kind of uh, played right into it. Nobody, it would seem, is really worrying much about the Black Sea Grain Initiative. Um, uh, spring wheat planting at 12%, the full 10% behind average, not surprising given what's going on up there in North Dakota still. Uh, winter wheat heading at 25% versus 23 on average. Now that isn't really, you know, right on in line with the averages. I think um, uh, b- because uh, we're ahead this year. Uh, I, I think it has more to do with the fact that a lot of those winter wheat uh, producing states, especially Kansas and Oklahoma, they're maturing early because of the conditions. So uh, that,
0: that's kind of skewing things a little bit. Um, we'll have the. Go ahead. You had a it question. Was, yeah, it's the is the is the reason that the. You're doing a simple average of the six six, no. six yep. and I, I wonder if the, I think the USDA's, if I'm not mistaken, is a production weighted average. Is it or is it a simple average?
2: I always thought that was simple. Okay, but I could be completely wrong. Um, so uh, back to the wheat quality council tour. We'll get that uh, that that will go on May fifteenth and seventeenth, about two weeks out. Um, I already talked about the Black Sea grain deal. Um, so really, not much more to, to talk about there. I think that, you know, uh, on, on the bullish factors, I think that would probably those top two on the on the left there are probably the biggest ones. Um, you, you've got winter wheat conditions, especially in hard red winter wheat, that just stink on ice, and uh, the Chicago specs are huge, huge shorts. Um, and the, the the next thing I, I think. Uh, the next possible shoe that could drop is that we don't get a very good hard red winter wheat crop. Bill has been um, forecasting a a hard red winter wheat total crop in the 640 to 650 range. I think that's speeding a little bit. Uh, I'm I'm closer to 600 and and honestly wouldn't surprise me if we saw a number that started with a five, Um, you know, 40, 50 million bushels lower than where Bill's at. Um, if if that happens, if we continue to see uh, more losses or or certainly worse yields um, when we get to harvest time, you know maybe that's the uh, the time that these specs give up uh, their the short challenge. position.
0: Yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting. Uh, let's keep moving here. As far as the soy complex go, you can see we had losses across the board here as well. Uh, I was really surprised that bean planting advanced that much. Um, We were 7% planted a week ago. 11% is the five-year average, which surprises me because I think it was 9% or uh, 5% was the five-year average. I would have guessed it would have jumped up more, but we got 19% of our beans in the ground. Uh, I'll show you the state-by-state briefly here in a second. And, you know, I think when you look at the bullish factors, there's nothing new there. Um, There is nothing new there. We know we have tight old crop supplies here in the U.S. We know that we've got relatively snug, tight supplies in the world, but it appears help is on the way. We had a crappy crop in Argentina, but a massive crop in Brazil. That's also old news. And we also know that if we get the 87.5 million acres planted and we have trend yields, we take a step back from the edge of the precipice, but we don't get these burdensome supplies that are certainly possible with the corn crop. So That's the thing that is probably underpinning the soy complex. But you're getting a pretty good amount of stuff piling up on the bearish side here. We know about the big crop exports out of the U.S. are waning here a little bit. Um, And and I tell you what, our export program is not slowing. It has stopped. And there really isn't any reason that we would anybody would buy any beans from us. Brazil is almost three dollars a bushel cheaper. They have this huge storage deficit in in central Brazil, in Mato Grosso. They have more beans than they have places to put beans. And so they are really discounting these things uh, out the export chute. And it's just we are so far from being competitive. Matter of fact, we've actually heard stories of at least three cargoes of Brazilian beans coming to the U.S. And it wouldn't surprise me if it's even larger than that. So the bean market just really can't hardly go up right now because you got so many cheap beans south of us. So there's also starting to be talk. One of the analysts that we use has been really beating this uh, African swine fever affecting the Chinese hog herd. Uh, He's saying 10 to 15 percent declines in the hog herd. He seems to be way out in front of the pack. Nobody else is really talking too much about this just yet, but that's something that we're kind of watching. So that's what's going on in the soy complex. Uh, Look at your state by state. Look at again, look at Illinois. Um, I don't know how they got that much stuff planted last week, to be real honest with you. But, um, you know, 19% of our beans in uh, not quite twice the five year average at this point, but uh, uh, still better progress last week than I would have uh, guessed. Palm oil, (coughs) uh, I think today was up 2%, but I think that ended a losing streak of six or seven consecutive sessions in palm oil. Uh, The beatings will continue uh, until morale improves in palm oil. Uh, you just got too much cheap oil in the world. Um, We talked about the bullish story that they were trying to gin up in the palm oil market. The reality is, is sun oil out of Europe is too cheap. Soybean oil out of South America is too cheap. Uh, And palm oil just can't go its own way. So, uh, We also did get our stats can, uh, canola seeded area and wheat seeded area last week. Uh, I don't know if you talked about the wheat stuff at all, but uh, canola... Uh, 21.6 up about a percent that's really a lot more in line with what we had been hearing uh from big grain handlers up north of the border yeah i i did mention it uh and wheat um
2: not a huge story but yeah up uh just shy of one percent on total um in 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 the wheat up there in canada so another bearish
0: input yep let me show you a couple oh there's dairy there you go scott
2: Yeah, so last week we got our cold storage report for March. Uh, The cheese uh, was kind of neutral. We got 1.46 billion pounds. That's a little lower than what was expected, Uh, down four ticks year over year, but up almost a full percent month over month. Butter was more on the supportive side of things. 293, that's 12 million below what was expected. Um, and, you know, even though we had a, a nice growth year over year, three and a half percent up year over year, we are down month over month. And like I said, you're, you're down 12 million. And it's not like uh, your cheese where you're talking about, you know, over a billion pounds. We have, uh, you know, only uh, 290, 300 million pounds of butter. So with those lower stocks and, and you're below the five year average, we're, we're a little supportive on the butter side. When you look at the prices on the next page, it, you know, kind of the same story. The cheese market has been right in that 168 range. We ticked below uh, 170 last week, and we've stayed there. A lot of volume, uh, and you're kind of at 17-month uh, lows. When we hit that 160 last Wednesday, that was a 17-month low, Uh uh, but uh, when you look at uh, uh, the international pricing, we're, we're kind of hanging right in. there um, On the butter side of things, really not much has been trading, only four lots, and you're still range bound. We went back below that 240 number, uh, and we're sitting, uh, again, very, very solidly at that 235 range. Um, we are high priced in the world uh, when you look at the Dutch number, the German number, and Last week, if you remember the uh, global dairy trade numbers, um, you've got decent amount of cream. But remember, it's getting ready to be ice cream season. And a lot of that class,
0: two is pulling uh, cream uh, away from butter. You don't so, think it's ice cream season? Go look at the line at Dairy Queen. Yeah. It's like I can't get my blizzard fix because I'm just not going to sit in line for anything. So <laughs> anyway, thank you, Scotty. Uh, a couple of things I want to show you before we get to the weather here. Uh, there's your commitment of traders report. Red, red, red. Uh, baby in the bathwater. You can see not a lot of positions. Still a decent sized long position in meal, but they've been whittling on that for ever since they got to 31 or 32 percent of open interest. They've been they've been cutting that down. Look at that. That's a big position. That's a big short bet. Twenty six percent. That's uh that's about as big as I can remember seeing a wheat short. Uh, so that's that's where the that's where the that's the only table in the commodity casino that's seen any action right now, uh, as we I think showed you a couple of weeks ago. Uh, spec money has been pulling out in general out of the commodity space, just probably chasing safer and better returns elsewhere, like in the bond markets. And here's the exports I was talking about. Look at it. This is your problem that corn's having right now. You shipped a little over 900 million bushels of corn out the Gulf. We have a massive record crop, it appears, sitting down in Brazil that's going to be har- start harvesting here in about a month. Uh, USDA is forecasting exports of almost twice where we're at right now. We're going to have to pedal pretty damn hard. And I think the, the, you see bills already estimating a lower number here. And so the tight corn market this year is giving way to probably not going to have as much demand. And we're probably going to have a corn market coming out of this year that's not maybe as snug as it looks like it is on paper. Today. Well, well, and and <coughs> there's only five months left in the marketing season, right? Or marketing. Mm-hmm. Year. Yeah. And you already don't have any place to put the bean crop that you just harvested in Brazil. And you're going to have a corn, uh, you know, a what looks like a record corn crop coming at us. So uh, assuming that Mother Nature is kind, and that is uh, what's going to, I think, transition us to page in the weather.
1: So as always, we start with this past seven-day <laughs> precipitation map. Um, If you remember last week when we were looking at the seven day forecast map, um, one of the big topics of discussion was kind of that, those dark blobs over those uh, dry, hard red winter wheat areas. Um, And we said we were going to kind of keep an eye on this seven day precipitation map of what was actually accumulated to see kind of if those came to fruition. And it looks like they pretty well did. Um, I rerun these maps every day for the daily wire and these rains have been kind of sticking around, um, which was consistent with what the forecast was and I'm sure they are all um, loving it down there. Um, I think when these rains initially started to move in, when they were just getting a little bit here and there, they were already excited about it. So um, should see a little bit, a few more days maybe of this rain, Um, but really if you wanna flip to the seven day forecast, they're gone. <laughs> There's still a little bit of rain expected in those dry areas, um, but no more of those heavy rains that we saw on last week's seven-day forecast. Um, I'm sure nobody is complaining down there. Uh, they're gonna take what they can get at this point. Um, and it seems like that might've been Mother Nature's one one favor that she did for them. Um, what it does.
0: Yeah,
1: Yep. Yeah, that, that might be it. At least that's what it seems like at this point. Um, You can see the rest of the Corn Belt's supposed to get some decent rains over the week. Um, I'm sure North Dakota and up in Minnesota, they would like to be white for a while. Um, But it looks like they're supposed to get some rains over the next week as well, which will probably not be overly helpful.
3: Well, Nate, Um, up
0: there, you're going to actually help get a little bit of stuff in the ground here tomorrow, aren't you? Is it uh, dry enough they can plant, I, I presume?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's dry enough. You see a lot of when you drive around, you see a lot of stuff that's been planted. Kind of like I said before, I don't know when they planted it, but there, <laughs> you can see that stuff's been planted. Um, even these forecasts. So you look at that green. I mean, you're looking at, you know, a tenth to a quarter of an inch. And that's not that's not enough to really, really necessarily stop people. That area across Missouri probably is enough to slow people down. But that that's in lake country down there. So um, but yeah, I, I think we'll probably come in next week and we'll probably see some pretty good advances. Um, In some of these states that have been lagging a little bit, um, except for North Dakota, the ground is still frozen. (laughs) Uh, We'll take some pictures. Yeah. Uh,
1: If you want to flip forward to the longer term forecasts, uh, these are kind of a mixed bag. So uh, it looks like temperatures are supposed to be warmer than average, which will help. I know we kind of talked about. Um, soil temperatures that will help kind of warm up some of those northern states that are still lagging maybe a little bit. Um, But it's kind of that 6 to 10 and 8 to 14 day kind of above average precip expected and kind of well in the 6 to 10 pretty much all of the Corn Belt. Um, I know North Dakota could use a little bit of a break. Um, They were dealing with some flooding up there a while ago but at least it's warming up i know it seemed like the last forecast it was cool and wet which is the opposite of what they need so at least we kind of got the heat kind of coming back in and should warm things up here pretty good
0: you know that the 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 ten six to ten days got a lot of a decent amount of moisture in it but you know those aren't the real dark greens and mm-hmm. where that moisture is i think it would be relatively it'd be pretty welcome i mean you wish maybe it didn't get quite as far north but Those don't look like the type of rains, especially with the heat coming with it, that's really gonna slow us up a lot. Uh it's not really gonna slow us up a lot. So this to me looks like a a a pretty deep a pretty conducive forecast for getting the crop in the ground.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Um so are we gonna lose acres in North Dakota? Nate, anybody else?
3: (laughs) Well, okay, but rephrase that. Are we gonna lose overall acres or are we gonna lose acres of corn? I mean, I think uh, I think things Okay, I was going to say, I think something will get planted up there. Um, oh. Although a couple of years ago we drove around, I think that the the primary crop that year was prevent plant. But <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I think when you look at the forecast, stuff will get planted. It just may not. It may be more soybeans or maybe sunflowers or I don't know, one of the other 42 crops that grow up there. But
0: corn. Do we get to, do we get to 92 million acres of corn nationally?
3: I'll take the unders.
0: I, I would bet the unders, too, but probably not by as much as I would have uh, a couple a uh, couple weeks ago. I mean, I think you could get 91.3 million acres. or I mean, I'm pulling a number out of my backside, as you know, but I don't think you're going to lose probably a lot. Um, so, at any rate.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much all I had for U.S. weather. Uh, it seems like things are kind of getting better up in Canada as well. Um, might still be a little bit early. When are they going to start or when do they usually start
3: planting up so- there? I talked to uh, one of the folks that we talked to who uh, lives up in Saskatchewan, and he said uh, that southern area of Saskatchewan and southern Alberta, they probably would be in the field starting this week. He said the snow was pretty much gone in those regions, and uh, he expects a pretty rapid planting pace up there. Hmm.
2: Canola, both canola and spring wheat germinate at a lower temperature. Yep. Much yep.
0: lower, Yep. Okay. Which is why they plant them up there. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you're waiting for 55 degrees uh, soil temperatures to grow corn, you might be uh, might have to wait till June.
1: Right. Yeah, so it seems like things are getting better up there and kind of on the flip side of that coin. Um, things are kind of, rains are moving back out a little bit in Brazil. Um, obviously, you can see that big white blob in that seven-day forecast kind of right over Mato Grasso and a little bit um, to the east there. Uh, And kind of some rains lingering in on the 14 day, but these are really kind of a shift from those widespread um, rains that we have really been seeing for the better part of the growing season. Um, It seems like this might be a shift of that rainy season kind of moving out. Um, Dr. Cordonier that we follow was not overly worried about it at this point, might clip some yields here and there, but kind of overall doesn't really seem too worried about it. He was kind of quick on the flip side of that to point out that uh, now our focus should kind of be on frost risk at this point. Um, Seems like some of the kind of more mountain areas were getting some frost earlier this week. Um, So that's kind of another thing that we need to keep an eye on. But as far as rains go, it doesn't seem like the rainy season shutting off at this point is too overly concerning, at least to him.
0: Yeah, I was a little bit surprised that uh, he was not more concerned about that. I mean, I thought we needed to get maybe a little bit deeper um, because of some of that stuff that went in late. But uh, apparently, uh, you know, that's probably the stuff he's talking about that we might trim yields a little bit. But I think what is his uh, what is his estimate for the uh, Brazilian corn crop now Paige? You remember?
1: Uh, not off the top. I
0: believe it's one hundred and twenty three million metric tons. And I think he had a neutral bias. So, I mean, he doesn't he's not yeah, really, everything really worried in- about this
1: yeah everything his bias in brazil was all neutral at this point with argentina
0: it's uh neutral to lower so yeah it's that's a disaster but that's a that's yeah. that's done so all right well thank you very much and uh thank all of you for uh listening again we'd love to hear from you we'd love uh, any feedback any way we could make this uh better uh more usable for you we would uh, we'd like we'd be all ears so as always be careful out there